Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everyone welcome to the acc tailgate god it feels good so for those of you who are typical watchers uh just my camera here we actually did not have a show on friday uh, a couple days ago uh mainly because i was still on the road for my thanksgiving holiday i didn't think i would be i thought i was going to be back uh in time to get a show in but you know, just did not work out. Uh, so I'm extra excited to see you guys this Monday. I was about to say this Monday morning, but it's uh, it's Monday evening, 7.08 to be exact. Uh, so how's everybody doing? What's cracking? I know me, I'm just sipping, you know, typical sipping on coffee. Go figure, getting all gassed up. Late at night drinking coffee because that's how we do it around here at the ACC tailgate on Chris Landry football. Again, if you're new here, I'm your host, Will Dalton, aka Wilbur and Gold. Um, hello to all our podcast listeners. Hello to everybody uh, watching on ChrisLandryFootball.com. Uh, uh, not Chris Landry, just LandryFootball.com if you want to be exact. Um, and obviously all our live uh, Twitch stream viewers and then all our Twitch stream viewers uh, that'll watch after it's already posted uh, and recorded. Hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving. Hope you had a great uh, Black Friday. If you did anything for Black Friday, um, I'm more of a... Well, I prefer to take... Actually, I really enjoy taking part uh, in Black Friday. I wasn't able to really do it this year because I was on the road. Um, and I actually didn't do anything today for Cyber Monday either, which is odd because I usually get in on that too. Uh, weird. Um, uh, however, I will say this and I, I don't, maybe, may, I don't know, uh, the numbers or anything, but I had a funny feeling that today Cyber Monday would end up probably just because of COVID and all that would end up going down as probably the biggest Cyber Monday of all time, just because I feel, of course, 
I don't know. The stores that I passed on Friday, it looked like a lot of people were still kind of getting out there. So, you know, is what it is. Uh, so, yeah, I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving holiday, a great Black Friday, a great Cyber Monday if you took part in that as well. A great weekend of college football, great, great weekend of NFL football. And it feels great to say this, a great, not just weekend, whatever day your team played, a great week of college basketball, the opening of college basketball, uh, you know, for us specifically, ACC basketball. We've already got some uts, upsets on the board. Um, you know what? I'll start off the show by saying this, um, you know, kind of get us back into the groove of things on a Monday. You know, Virginia, in football anyway, Virginia Tech has kind of been um, the butt of the jokes in the in the in ACC football uh, this season you know it didn't start out that way they were ranked they looked pretty good even in their first you know four losses of the season they were competitive kind of sort of you know eh. but it wasn't as bad as it is now and you know uh, Virginia Tech at least in my opinion uh, has kind of taken the place of NC State as far as just the joke of the ACC. I mean, it, it, it's different. It's not like just a bad team. Like, you know, FSU, that, well, FSU's got, I don't know. Like, I'm not going to really get into all that FSU when, you know, the, they canceled on Clemson and they're canceling you know, all that. So I'm not going to get into all that just because it's just – one, like I haven't kept up with all that enough. And two, like there's enough people upset about that and just whatever. Like it, it, I'm not trying to bring all the toxicity on this show. That's one thing. Listen, that's one thing you're going to learn about me. The only thing you're ever going to hear me get toxic about are Duke fans, uh, Duke fans, and then, you know, Duke fans, uh, and then the Cowboys on occasion, and then Duke fans. <clears throat> um, you know, other than that, I like to keep it positive. You know, I'm always going to keep it real, but you know, I'm not just going to sit here and bash and just and I just unless it's like something that needs to be brought up, like I, I'm just not going to go there. I'm not that. That's that's not my style. So you know, I'm not really going to get in all the FSU drama and all that shit. Quite frankly, um, there's too many other really good things to talk about and interesting things to talk about. Um, what else? Where was I even going with that? I do this all the time. Like I, I'm, I'm, and I think you guys probably know this about me by now. Like I'll start talking about one thing, and it, it, it's kind of like actually I don't mind it because it makes me kind of an interesting guy to talk to. We've always got something to talk about because it's like it's like branches on a tree. Like I'll be talking about the main thing, and then I'll say something, and then it'll take me off into another path, and then. I'll get into that, and then I'll have to be like, oh, yeah, I was talking about this over here, though. It's actually kind of a cool thing, though. Like, there's always something to talk about when that happens. So, I just spilled a little coffee on myself, so that's lovely. I'm going to chew up my ice cube here for all of you to hear. Um, But, yeah, so Virginia Tech – it's not like a team that's just bad and everybody knows they're bad and that it just that's your mo, you know, aka FSU, Louisville, uh, Pitt. Well, Pitt actually is kind of in that category of a train wreck, and it's like 
they weren't supposed to be a train wreck is what I'm getting at. You know, team I'm talking about, I'm talking about teams that just they're bad. They, we expected them to be bad and they know that they're bad. And that's that, you know, FSU Louisville, uh, Syracuse, Duke teams that are bad and that, you know, we know they're bad and that's what it is, but teams like Virginia tech Pitt to a degree, you know, teams that, we're not supposed to be as bad as they are and really weren't supposed to be bad at all because considering Virginia Tech and Pitt were both ranked at the beginning of the year uh, and then just blew it and blew it and blew it and just fell on themselves and fell on themselves. Uh, you know, it just... They, they become kind of the meme of the league, I guess you could say. I like to call the Atlanta Falcons that in the NFL, at least this year anyway. And quite frankly, really, ever since they blew that lead uh, against the Patriots in the Super Bowl, that was something to behold, obviously, because we all saw that. Uh, <clears throat> but I say all that to say this. I will start out by saying Virginia Tech has a lot of problems right now in football, but in basketball, however, they got a, they gave themselves a break and they gave themselves a lot to be happy about. Uh, and I'm and I'm low key happy for Virginia Tech fans today because I've I've said this before and we've got our first viewer in here today, Spartan Barton, our uh, our regular. I've had some I've had some great. Uh, comment intera- and I love common interactions during the show because kind of like I talk about, like I go off into different directions. I love interacting with you guys live uh, because one, it's authentic. Two, it gives me a chance to give you guys more value because it allows me to really kind of interact with you guys and put you guys into the show as well. So that's always fun. Uh, so we got our first viewer, uh, Spartan Barton, and we'll get some comments in here here in a second. <clears throat> Um, but I'm happy for Virginia Tech fans today because I've said it before. My uncle, in fact, my uncle, and I've said my uncle is a diehard uh, Virginia Tech fan. And when I uh, when I walked in the door, because we always go uh, up to Virginia. You know, I live in High Point, North Carolina, uh, but we all my parents, their families live. They're from Virginia, the Collinsville, Martinsville area. And, uh, so we always go there for the holidays and I walked in and I looked at my uncle and I was like, tech ain't going, tech ain't doing so good this year, are they? And, uh, he was just honestly like, (laughs) he he honestly said, I don't know. I hadn't watched him in three games and keep in mind, my uncle's a season ticket holder. He's a season like every year for, I guess the last decade or however long he's been, you know, doing it. He's been a season ticker stick season ticket holder for a while for Virginia tech. Never missed a home game. At least very rarely he would. Uh, he sold the season tickets last year because, you know, Virginia tech, I don't even, I don't know if they were this bad last year, but they still had, they, it wasn't pretty a lot of the time. And then, you know, this year, obviously for COVID reasons, he didn't buy season tickets, but he, he told me he hadn't watched them in three games. And this guy's a diehard fan, like Steelers and Virginia tech. That's his thing. And he likes NASCAR too, but his teams, Virginia tech and, uh, 
the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Spartan Barton, uh, his comment here is actually kind of where I'm going to go. He asks, uh, did Virginia Tech fire uh, Justin Fuente? Uh, The answer to that is no. And that's actually kind of where I was leading to uh, with this. You know, I walked in, I asked my, I'm like, Tech ain't doing so good this year. And he's like, uh, I hadn't watched him in three games. And we welcome into our new viewer. We're just kind of sitting here chatting about, you know, how pathetic Virginia Tech has been lately. Um, but, and we were talking to Spartan Barton's point. You know, he asked if, uh, they had fired Justin Fuente yet, their head coach, who, by the way, when they made him the head coach, he was supposed to be like an offensive guru, from what I hear. And that has not, well, they've had a little bit of a running game. But other than that, Virginia Tech has not done anything well this year. They haven't passed the ball well. Um, I'm not saying that Hendon Hooker can't pass because, like, I've heard he's capable. Uh, he's had some okay games, but the passing hasn't been very good this year. The defense has been the worst thing they've got uh, in their repertoire. They're in their toolbox. Keep it simple. Just say toolbox. Um, and then, But, yeah, like the running game, that is the one thing that they've shown time and, you know, many times. That, okay, they got a pretty good running game. You know, Khalil Herbert was one of the better running backs in the nation, not just the ACC. Uh, but he's been kind of quiet lately ever since he really got hurt a few weeks ago. And then, you know, since he's come back, he hasn't been great. But Virginia Tech really doesn't do anything well right now. And the problem is, and, and you know, if you look at the comment sections, which I do, because I like to kind of gauge what people are talking about, um, you know, uh, Virginia Tech want Virginia Tech fans want Fuente gone. It's that simple. They want him gone. Like it's been too long. It's been too mediocre, and it's not getting any better. You could wonder if maybe he's losing the locker room. I'm not going to put a stake in the ground on that and say that because, like, I don't know. But you wonder because I've been in those situations, like, as, you know, somebody who played baseball, uh, lower college level. I was a Division three baseball player. But I've been in those locker rooms where, uh, you know, season's a train wreck. Everybody knows it's a train wreck. No, You know, nobody's really bought in. You know, people are checking out because because of how much of a train wreck it is. And then when you have a coach that nobody believes in, in fact, they think he could be part of the problem. There's a lot of components, obviously. You never want to just blame. But, I mean, it stems from the top. And, you know, when you're dealing with these things, the coach is up at the top. Uh, but when, and when you've got a season that's a disaster like Virginia Tech does and you've got players in the locker room who's just checked out, I don't know if Virginia Tech I'm, – I'm sure some of them have – just speculating. Um, There's a good chance Fuente is starting to lose, if not already, has lost a good portion of the locker room. Um, And kind of where I was leading to here, um, they're going to have a tough time firing him. Okay, so his contract, Fuente's contract runs through 2024. Uh. I was curious about that. I didn't know that. Uh, in fact, when I was talking to my uncle about it, that that was what we were talking about because I was like, you know, yeah, Fuente, 
needs to probably go. And he was telling me, he's like, eh, like good luck doing that because right now with COVID going on and everything that has happened and all the layoffs that have already happened just in general. Uh, and, you know, obviously not having, I don't know if Virginia Tech has had fans at all. You know, I know some places have some like scattered about Clemson. I, uh, one of my friends, uh, Snap! They were at the Clemson Pitt game where Clemson absolutely obliterated Pitt. Uh, that was at Clemson, uh, and she shot me a photo, you know, of the of the game and the field and the stadium. There were fans everywhere. Like, and I'm pretty sure what she told me is, you know, it just had to be six feet apart. You know, they had it sectioned off in certain ways so it could be six feet apart. I guess you had to wear a mask. I would assume. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I was actually – that was the most fans I've seen, period. Like, NFL, college, doesn't matter. Like, that's the most fans I've seen, period, at a game. I mean, that, I was actually very surprised. I mean, they were everywhere. It, it was – if you looked – I wish I had the photo so I could show you, but, it, you know, Snapchat, it goes away unless you screenshot it, and I didn't think to screenshot it at the time. Uh, you know, it. You know, most of these college games that we've seen – and NFL, too, by the way – you know, that have had fans, you know, they're kind of scattered, really scattered around, and they're, it's it's almost like little chunks of them. But Clemson, I mean, they were, like, packed. And it was just, like, packed, but it was sectioned off in a way that, you know, they could have kind of a full stadium. It was just spaced out. So that was interesting. I don't know if that's a South Carolina thing or how – I don't know. Like, it, it appears to be different in different states. So I don't know, but that came to my mind just then. So, um, but I don't think Virginia Tech has had fans, or at least not much of any. Um, so that's causing them to lose money. And the, in a nutshell, what I'm trying to tell you is Virginia Tech is going to have a very difficult time buying because in order to fight, I mean, because again, his. Fuente's contract runs through 2024. So they, in order to get rid of them, they're going to have to buy them out. And right now, if they were to buy them out today, it's going to cost them $12.5 million. That, uh, that price tag is going to drop on December 10th to 10 or to 10 million. If they wanted to buy them out after the season was over. But my uncle did not sound very, uh, optimistic about that because of covid because of all the layoffs already because of the lack of revenue from you know uh fans not being there and you know probably lower tv numbers due to how bad virginia tech is playing um so yeah let's just go dish out 12.5 or 10 million dollars to get rid of fuente which it's more difficult than it sounds is what i'm getting at and I, I don't know if Virginia Tech is going to be able to do it, honestly. So that's not good news for Virginia Tech fans um, at all, you know, because I've been hearing it. I mean, it's been one of the common things that I've seen. You know, I'm, I'm always reading the comment sections, you know, after games, you know, to kind of see, again, what the audience is, what, what a common theme is with, you know, what, what people are talking about. And that, that gives me ideas for content and this and that the most common one I've seen with Virginia tech is fire Fuente, get rid of Fuente. Fuente's got to go. 
Fuente's got to go. But I got to tell you, Virginia Tech fans, it ain't as easy as it sounds because it's going to be very expensive. And and I know how bad for, uh, I guess, three more years of Fuente after this one. That does that. That's got to sound awful for Virginia Tech fans. Given again, get rid of Fuente. Get rid of Fuente. So I don't know what's going to happen on that or how that's going to play out. Because I don't know how you can go through three more years of potentially this and not do anything about it. But mm, it's a tough situation. I don't know. I mean, due to COVID and just not wanting to dish out that kind of money to buy him out right now, there's a chance they bring him back one more year to give him one more shot. And if he doesn't produce, then after kind of COVID is hopefully kind of calmed down and things are somewhat back, or if not mostly back to normal after next season, if God forbid for you Virginia Tech fans, this continues to happen, then they might be able to afford to buy him out. But this year, I honestly don't know. So, but... You guys did upset Villanova, number three Villanova in basketball the other day, and you're ranked in the top 25 this week in basketball. So that's a positive. Like, that's in spite of everything that the moral of that story is, in spite of everything Virginia Tech fans are having to deal with in football, I'm happy that on a basketball standpoint, you got a little something going. So um, that ain't the only upset. By the way, it's actually kind of funny how this all played out, but I actually wasn't going to go here till later in the show, but since I'm already on a roll and I'm talking about it, I may as well go there. There's been two upsets so far in the, in the ACC in the very young season that we're in. I don't even know if we're a week in. Uh, well, no, we're not even a week in yet. Cause we started last Wednesday and it's Monday. So not even a weekend, just a little over half a week. Uh, already two upsets, big, big upsets, top five upsets, Virginia tech, this is like the worst nightmare for UVA fans. Virginia Tech, the laughing stock of ACC football right now. Oh, yeah. See, and, and Spartan Barton, yeah. Spartan Barton says I was that he was trying to figure out the positive after that when I said Fuente couldn't get fired. That, I set that up pretty bad, didn't I? Like, I, it couldn't have, like, what good could possibly come out of my mouth about Virginia Tech? But they did. They did upset number three Villanova, um, so I am happy. You know, for the, I'm happy for them uh, that they were able to do that. They actually did it in overtime, eighty-one seventy-three. Um, what was it? About? Oh, but that is literally the worst nightmare for UVA fans right now. <coughs> Obviously, because they're the you know they're the rival of Virginia Tech, uh, and the laughing stop that Virginia Tech has been in football. Uh, and basketball, too, kind of in recent memory. For Virginia Tech's upset to come in the same week as UVA getting upset has got to just be a just a gut punch for UVA fans. So UVA lost to San Francisco uh, the other day. And you know what? I wouldn't listen. Listen. I wouldn't worry. So UVA was number four. In fact, I'll go ahead and bring this up for you now since we're talking about it. Uh, I like to always kind of give you kind of the update on what the rankings are looking like in now football and basketball now that we have both. 
uh, to talk about. Um, yeah, so this is the new AP Top 25 poll in basketball this week uh, after the, you know the opening days of the season. Duke moved up to number six. Carolina moved up to number 14. And, in fact, they're playing UNLV right now as we speak, and we'll kind of get some updates going on that. Uh, Virginia Tech dropped – or, excuse me, UVA dropped – all the way down to number 15 from number four after they got upset. Um, which that, I mean, that's a steep drop from to go from number four all the way to number 15. So I'm not going to say panic. You know, I hate that so much. And I hate that so much. Uh, that's one thing that drives me up the wall with sports media is how quickly we panic about things it's like can we get a few we a few weeks into the season before we start that like it's like you lose your second game should they be worried i'm like bro we just started we're not even warmed up yet like what are you talking about i don't know anywho uh i wouldn't worry too much virginia or uva fans um it happens I mean, I, I think UVA is a very good – I mean, it was a tight game, back and forth. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't worry too much about it. I mean, San Francisco, they were hungry, clearly. Um, but I wouldn't worry too much about one game uh, because UVA is very good. They're very well coached. Uh, Tony Bennett is not going to let this – at least I don't think. My my intuition tells me Tony Bennett is not going to allow this to just completely – ruin his was supposed to be best in the ACC season. Now, I don't know if they're going to end up being the best in the ACC because Duke's pretty good. Carolina's pretty good. FSU is still being slept on, I think. So there's a lot of options here, uh, but I wouldn't worry too much about it, UVA fans, seriously. Uh, I just think it's funny as hell that Virginia Tech upsets number three Villanova the same week that you guys, number four UVA, gets upset by San Francisco. So if you are looking for a bright, Spot, Virginia Tech fans. There you have it. Um, so while we're talking, and then to finish out the rankings, then you've got Virginia Tech is ranked all the way up to number 16. I don't think they weren't ranked at all, uh, you know, to start the season and after upsetting Villanova, you know, that and that again, Virginia Tech fans, that's something else as we got a new viewer. Welcome in. Um, that's something else great for Virginia Tech fans because. <laughs> Not only did you get a nice upset, so now you're in the top 25, and you moved in pretty deep to the top 25 at that, at number 16. You know, right there with, oh, I don't know, UVA, who just got upset, your arch nemesis. So, uh, And then FSU dropped down a spot. They started out at number 21. They're number 22. And then that rounds out the ACC teams, all five of them in the top 25. Um, So let's go to football. So obviously last time, and obviously, we got to talk about the big primetime game. You know, there there weren't a lot of good games, uh, at least in my opinion, to talk about in football uh, this past week. Obviously, you know, you had Clemson blow out Pitt. You had NC State beat Syracuse, which isn't surprising. Uh, Boston College beat Louisville, which they should. Uh, Duke lost to Georgia Tech, which those are two of the worst teams in the ACC. So it was really kind of the battle for who's not as bad. Uh, and then UVA FSU got postponed. That's the that's a I don't know how many games UVA or FSU has postponed this year. That's the second straight 
uh, that I know of, you know, after they canceled Clemson last week. Um, so not a lot of really big name games, but except for the primetime game, which was Notre Dame at Carolina. We're going to get into that uh, here in just a minute as uh, we come down the second half of the show. Um, but as I mentioned a week ago, since we didn't have a show on Friday, last Monday, on Tuesday, uh, the College Football Playoff Committee met up uh, <clears throat> to have their first official college football playoff rankings of the year. Uh, and we'll get those up for you right here. Let's see here. So Notre Dame stayed put at number two, the highest ranked of all ACC teams. You had four teams in there. Uh, same as what was already the AP Top 25 poll. Uh, only Clemson moved from four to three. Uh, Miami, I don't remember. I'm gonna pull, Actually, you know what? I'm going to pull this up. This was So the AP Top 25 poll is this right before the rankings were released. Notre Dame stayed put at two. Clemson was four. They moved up to three. Miami stayed put at number 10, and then Carolina went from 25 up to 19 uh, when the college football playoff rankings came out. You know, I'm curious to see, as we're about to talk about that Notre Dame-Carolina game, I'm curious to see um, how far Carolina maybe drops or if they come out of the top 25 at all. I mean, because, I mean, they, I don't know. They played well in the first half, and then Notre Dame had, you know, I don't know, just the best half of football they've played all year long, and that's saying something considering they're number two in the country. Uh, and then here's your newest ACC football rankings, number uh, number one, Notre Dame. Uh, Clemson's number two. Honestly, until we meet – or until Notre Dame meets Clemson in the ACC title game, which let's be honest is probably going to happen – uh, you know, Notre Dame's going to stay one. Clemson's probably going to stay two. Uh, I don't know who Notre Dame – in fact, I'm going to pull it up now. I don't know who else Notre Dame has on their schedule. Yeah, I mean, that that's it for Notre Dame actually playing credible teams. They've got Syracuse next week. They've got Wake Forest the week after that. So none of those teams are going to potentially um, move them out of the number one spot unless they lose, obviously. But Clemson's the same. They don't They don't have anything. So Notre Dame is going to stay one. Clemson's going to stay two, assuming neither team loses the you know last couple weeks of the season. And I'm assuming, I don't know how it could be any other way, uh, that Notre, Notre Dame and Clemson will meet in the ACC title game. Uh, so then you've got Miami three, Carolina four, and they're actually tied with NC State for four. Boston College at six, Virginia Tech and Wake Forest tied at seven, Pitt nine, UVA and Georgia Tech tied at 10, Louisville 12, FSU 13, Duke 14, and Syracuse dead last at 15. Um, <clears throat> so that is your latest uh, ranking in the ACC specifically. Uh, and before we move on uh, and talk about this Notre Dame UNC game, I got to mention. Uh, our sponsor, American Betting Experts. You know, that's we really appreciate them because, you know, we're really trying to build this up here at Chris Landry Football. Uh, and uh, the American Betting Experts are really doing their best to help us do that. You know, they've teamed with us, and, 
and we teamed with them, you know, because that's what teamwork is about. You know, we have to team up with each other, you know. So so anyway, they have teamed up with us uh, and all of our other shows here on Chris Landry Football. They're one of the largest licensed uh, sports and casino vendors in the U.S. We've teamed with them to provide you guys a special gaming offer. Uh, this is for all our Landry Football followers, podcast listeners, subscribers, what have you. And all you're going to want to do is you're going to go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Feel free to subscribe, you know, while you're there. Just a quick little, you know, click. Uh, you're going to click on the ad after you've subscribed. You're going to click on the ad that's located in the upper right side of the page. Pick among the gaming sites legal in your state, such as Bet, MGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, PointsBet, the whole shindig. Uh, and then you'll sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from either $100 all the way to $1,000. And it's literally that simple. So again, you go to our website, LandryFootball.com, hit subscribe, uh, and then you're going to click the ad in the, in the upper right side of the page and get it on get in on that special offer from American Betting Experts. <clears throat> and we appreciate them for uh, always trying to help us out. Um. Let's see here. So, yeah, Notre Dame, Carolina was at Chapel Hill uh, on Friday. And it's kind of the thing I wanted to talk about the most today. Um, You know, we're going to be talking a lot of basketball in the weeks to come. Uh, And, you know, as college football comes down the stretch of the end of the season and then we get into the playoffs and all that, uh, you know, this was a big game. For both sides, you know, I mean, Notre Dame, you know, it was big for them because, you know, it it was another very good opponent. You know, they haven't had many – them and Clemson have had probably some of the worst schedules in the ACC this year, uh, which definitely isn't – you know, it doesn't help, you know, when you're trying to build a resume for the college football playoff. You better win every game – and you know you, you can't be you can't slack on any week when you've got a when you've got a schedule that bad. Um, so Notre Dame won thirty one seventeen. Um, and my takeaways were really uh, listen. I was curious to see how Carolina was going to come out. Uh, and you know I felt. I felt during the Wake Forest Carolina game, you know, when it was just back and forth, no defense by either side, uh, Carolina or Wake Forest. And I remember thinking, if Carolina plays defense like that against Notre Dame and Ian Book, they're going to get annihilated. Like, it's not, and I hate saying that as a Carolina fan, but it's true. Like, I don't know. There's no other way to slice it. I mean, you, you can't come out defensively that way. Um, and then I was also curious to see, you know, is there, is Carolina's offense really as explosive as they've seen seemed all year? I mean, they haven't played a good defense all year. I mean, Notre Dame's defense isn't, you know, one of the best in the nation. Good, but they're very good. They've got a good red zone defense, uh, much better from last year. So, um, Yeah, I mean, the main take, I was curious to see Carolina defensively, offensively, and the main, yeah, I mean, it was it was tight early. I mean, I I was I was keeping up with it, and I, I was like, 
I was actually kind of surprised because I really expected. Uh, oh man, I've I'm going to address this. Con so I've got <laughs> Spartan Barton never fails to give me great content with the comment section. He he just gave me a Star Wars question or a comment, and there's no way I'm not getting it getting to it because in case you didn't know, by my my Star Wars Darth Vader shrine here. You know, our Lord and Savior Darth Vader back there. Uh, I have a problem. I'm obsessed with Star Wars. So we're going to get to that comment to finish up the show. Uh, I just wanted to address that because I saw that comment come through. Uh, and, you know, there, there, there's no way I'm not getting to it. So I'm excited for that Let, uh, last segment of the show. But back to Carolina Notre Dame. Um, Ian Book is good. Ian Book is very good. Like, I I didn't know a ton about him coming into the season because, you know, I, I again, like, I you know, hence the title of the first episode of this show, Wiping the Dust Off. You know, I, you know, I've always been kind of more, I've always kind of been naturally more into ACC basketball than football. In fact, fun fact, full, you know, just fun fact here. Um. Yeah, a uh, fun fact. ACC basketball is my bread and butter. Like I've always been just obsessed with ACC basketball, and I actually didn't really start following closely ACC football until last season. Uh, I don't know. Like I, you know, I interned in in a sports radio show that was based around the ACC, so that was part of that as well. Um, but I, I say all that to say, like, I didn't know much about Ian book or really Notre Dame football in general coming into the season until I started to get into it, you know, you know, learning about it for the show. Uh, so I didn't know much about Ian book, but man, and you know, you know, Spartan Barton says Ian book sucked until this season. I'll take his word for it. Um, yeah, I, He's he's looked incredible. I don't know. Maybe a dark. I don't think he's going to win the Heisman. I think there's too many other good candidates for that. You know, I, but man, like he could be a dark horse. I mean, it's a little too late now. I think to to get that spot, unless maybe Notre Dame goes on and beats Clemson. If if Notre Dame, if Notre Dame goes on to beat Clemson in the ACC title game, and really makes a and makes a run to the national championship, and Ian Book. Is a big, and he will be, but if that happens, he'll be a big part of that. He might win a Heisman. I'm not messing around. Like, he might, he's a dark horse. I'll say that, but he might win a Heisman. Maybe. That, it's kind of a hot take there. But if, if Notre Dame does, you know, does beat Clemson in the ACC title game, that, I mean, it, it's going to be because of Ian Book, mainly. And obviously, they're great offensive line. Um, in book, the one thing I noticed about it, and I had heard kind of other people mention this, and I really saw it against Carolina, and I'm sure you did as well. He's a very good improv quarterback. And what I mean is, it's like he gets in, you know, Carolina's pass rush was on him. You know, I will say that. Uh, you know, Carolina didn't play great defensively 
I guess better, but their pass rush seemed they gave a lot of pressure uh, to Ian Book. And now, granted, I think Notre Dame has one of the best O lines in the nation, uh, and so you know because of that, I, you know, I I say all that to say, you know, Carolina, kudos to their their pass rush because you're going against one of the top again one of the top O lines in the country, and you gave a lot of pressure to Ian Book. Uh, Carolina's pass rush did so kudos to them but they didn't do much else defensively at least not in the second half um but uh man I mean even on the like he gets on Ian Book gets on the run and he finds a way like he he's he just he makes something happen I mean he's he when he has to get out of the pocket, and this was something I actually noticed about Teddy as a Panther fan, like I, I had not watched Teddy Bridgewater that closely up until the time he came to the Panthers, and that was the thing I noticed week one against the Raiders. That was actually a nice little, okay, maybe Teddy Bridgewater could be our quarterback for the near future. Uh, maybe. He did really well outside of the pocket, and you know the Panthers – Carolina Panthers offensive line is trash too. So, I mean, don't even get me started on that. So he's going to be on the run. Uh, it, ain't, it ain't the Saints where you had, I, I think, the fifth best O-line last year with the Saints. Not exactly that situation with the Panthers. But Teddy Bridgewater was really, really good on the run. Um, and And that was the thing I noticed about Ian Book is when Carolina would bring the pass rush, he just... I mean, some of those plays, and I remember there was a play in the second quarter. Specifically, this one sticks out to me. There was a play, I mean, there were times when he was running like backwards and off to the side, and he would still fling something around and make some, just something happen to move the ball up the field. And I remember a play specifically in the second quarter um, where it was a bad snap, and you might remember this. It was, it was a bad snap. Um, you know, sure, you know, one of those, you know, it, and he snapped it into the ground and he had, he kind of had to scoop it up, but he got it. Carolina's pass rush brought it. They got through and Ian Book was on the run. He, you know, he's, he's running backwards and kind of around towards the sideline. And then he finds one of his receivers and they get a touchdown out of that. And, and to me, that play really stood out and it really just kind of summed up what I mean when I say Ian Book is just a really good improv quarterback. I mean, just, Really good. So that's one of the few takeaways that I had uh, in that game. And then obviously another one, obviously another one, you know, Notre Dame, just really good O-line. Uh, but but kudos to Carolina's pass rush because the fact that they were able to give Ian Book that much pressure, that's saying something. So, you know, for a team that struggled defensively this year. Now UNC's O-line – now, talking about pressure and O-lines and pass rushes, on the flip side, Sam Howell was running for his life a lot too. Uh, UNC's O-line not good yesterday or yesterday on Friday. Um, you know, they allow they allowed six sacks. It might have been eight, but I, it was either six or eight, whatever it was. They allowed six sacks compared to Notre Dame's two. That's not good. Um, Sam Howell just was running for his life way too much, at least I thought. Um, and and again, 
Carolina's defense is still a problem. Uh, but I will say this. Notre Dame did everything well in the second half. Like I said, well, I don't even have to say it. Their own head coach, uh, Brian Kelly, said it after the game that that right there, the second half of that Carolina-Notre Dame game, that was the best half of football that they have played all year. They did everything well. They passed the ball well. Their quarterback, again, scrambled and made plays well, even with pressure coming. Um, they ran the ball very well in that second half, and the defense obviously locked down Carolina in the second half because Carol. I don't remember if they scored. Um, I don't remember what the score was at halftime. In fact, I'm going to look. I don't know if they scored any of those 17 points that they had in the second half. I know 14 of them was. I don't know if they got that extra point, though. Yeah, Carolina didn't score in the second half. They got four. It was tied 14-14 after the first quarter. It was tied 17-all at halftime. Both teams got a field goal in the, in the second quarter. And then, you know, seven points for Notre Dame in the third, seven points in the fourth, uh, and, you know, final 31-17. So completely locked Carolina down. Um, Notre Dame did defensively. Uh, in that second half, they did everything well. And the fact that br- their own head coach, Ke- Brian Kelly, felt like that was the best half that they played all year, including the game against Clemson, where they had to go two overtimes or whatever it was to beat Clemson, that's saying something. So I'm not completely deflect. You know, I think Carolina played well. I mean, again, you're going up against the number two team in the country. And honestly, the fact that they hung with them that much actually kind of makes me feel encouraged about the direction that Carolina's headed. They still got a lot of, you know, they're never going to be elite with the defense they have. They're going to have to fix that. But offensively, I think they're on, they're on the right track. It's just defensively, they've got to figure something out different. And until they do that, they're not going to be like known as an elite team. You know, they're going to be one of these teams that they're good. You know they can get themselves in the top twenty-five, but they're not gonna. They're not gonna move up high and stay there with the defense that they're playing. They're just not gonna do it with the defense that they've been playing. They're gonna do exactly what they've done. You know, get into the top twenty-five for a couple weeks, and then we'll see if they get bounced out of the top twenty-five after you know losing to Notre Dame. I don't know if they will. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, that's basically all I had. My main takeaways from UNC Notre Dame, you know, Notre Dame, you know, they don't really have anybody. Again, they don't have, they don't, they play Syracuse and then who else did I say? Um, Syracuse and then Wake Forest. So that that's, you know, that's all they got the rest of the season. Carolina, on the other hand, as I was saying last week, you know, they're very fortunate that they've got, you know, they got a little something to play with uh, to kind of keep themselves in a good position as far as playing good elite teams. Notre Dame was one, obviously, and then um, they've got they've got Western Carolina this week, which is nothing, and then their final game of the regular seasons at number ten Miami. So again, they've got another opportunity to beat to play a ranked top ten opponent. So Carolina might not be out of the top twenty five just yet. Uh, for good this season, but as far as the ACC title game, I think it's going to be Notre Dame and it's going to be Clemson. Like I don't see even if Carolina beats Miami, like there, there's nothing they can do. I don't think at this point 
to put themselves into that conversation. So, um, let's see here. Yeah, Spartan Barton, uh, Mac Brown definitely has Carolina headed in the right direction. Like I said, I just can I'm concerned about their uh, their defense. You know, they're not going to be elite. Um, until they get that right, and it just. I, I think overall it was better last year than it's been this year. I just I don't think it's been the same. Um, but very happy with how their pass rush looked at times. You know, Ian Book just happens to be maybe one of the best quarterbacks outside of Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields as far as dealing with pressure and having to move out of the pocket and still slinging it and making something happen. So I told you I'd get to it. And damn it, we're going to. I had a question about Star Wars, The Mandalorian specifically. Uh, and that's how we're going to wrap up this show. So, you know, if you like Star Wars, you're in the right place, ACC fans. Clearly. Um, if you don't, I can't help you. I mean, it just... Listen, I tell people all the time, Star Wars is not a favorite movie to me. It is literally a part of who I am. Like you, I am the biggest Star Wars nerd you know. Period. I, I'm like, I, period. I, like, I'm a geek about it. Like, I literally have an encyclopedia in my head about it. I know the ins and outs of things. I know the planets. Like, I, I know it. It, it. This isn't just, oh, that's a cool movie. I like it. Yeah. Like, I am knowledgeable about it. Like, you don't understand. Like, you're going to see as we continue the show. Like, it's an ACC show, but I will talk about I don't care. Like, I'll, we'll go there. Uh, so here's the question, now that I've set that up. So off topic, this is the question from Spartan Barton, who, again, great day with him for comments. He's been so good. This is like the third show that he's been just killing it with the comments. <clears throat> Clear my voice there. Off topic, the latest Mandalorian episode was the best one yet. Agree, hands down, we finally got the got this. Again, this feels so good that I'm talking Star Wars to you guys right now. It's an ace. It's an it's ACC tailgate. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to point to the logo. It's everything. There we go. It's an ACC show, and I'm talking Star Wars. Like it doesn't get any better than that for me, anyway. I a hundred percent. Best episode of The Mandalorian, hands down. I was very excited to see Ahsoka in a real life you know not animated like clone wars or rebels um let's see here there's a hidden gem if you watched the animated star wars rebel series um what's the hidden gem I'm, I'm assuming he'll respond and tell him like what's the hidden gem i don't know if he's talking about ahsoka or if there's like an easter egg um i don't know but yeah like we got to see ahsoka Live action, not animated in the last episode. I'll actually be, I'll be 100% transparent with you right now. Um, I actually, as far as watching the full episodes, I'm only through episode two. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he said it was Ahsoka. That was the hidden gem. Um, oh, 100%. Um, I'm only two episodes in as a whole. Because I actually don't have my Disney Plus subscription anymore. And um, mainly because I don't watch a lot of TV. 
uh, so I didn't want to pay for it right now. I am going to get it again because I like that Disney Plus, Hulu, ESPN Plus package you can get for like $10 a month. I think I'm going to get on that. Um, but my, uh, my cousin, who is actually the son of the uncle who's a diehard Virginia Tech fan, he has Disney Plus. He's obsessed with the with the Mandalorian right now, uh, and he want and I told him I hadn't watched it yet, and he wanted me desperately to start watching it. Uh, so we got two episodes in. I only saw the clips of Ahsoka in the last episode, but I made sure to watch those clips. Uh, really, just really cool seeing her live action. You know, they got, I felt like they got all her movements right. The voice was right. Like they, they absolutely. Oh no. Spartan Barton. Uh, she's at Ahsoka is actually in Clone Wars and Rebels, so she actually started out in Clone Wars, and then uh, she came to Rebels. You know, because God, I'm about to get so nerdy; it's not even funny. Clone War, so Clone Wars is where she actually her character originated, uh, and then they brought her back for Rebels, which takes place years after Clone Wars. So. And then the Mandalorian actually takes place uh, a handful of years after uh, Rebels. So, yeah, really, really cool seeing her in that. Um, I'm curious to see, and this is the last thing I'll say about it because we got to go, but I, I could talk all night about this, and I'm, i got a funny feeling we're going to from here on out. Um, so Ahsoka sent the Mandalorian, Mando, and Baby Yoda off to find somebody else. And I'm curious if we're going to see Luke Skywalker. I'm very, very curious if we're going to get to see Luke Skywalker at some point, probably towards the end of season two, this season of Mandalorian. That's just a hunch that I have. Remember that I said that. So now that my day is absolutely made and I got to talk Star Wars and an ACC sports show, we can wrap it up right there. Uh, on a high note, again, Spartan Barton, appreciate it. I'm sure I'll see you on the on Friday. Uh, what's today? Monday. I'll see you on Friday. We'll we'll, we'll do this again because uh, this is what we do now. But um, that's going to wrap us up for a Monday. Uh, hope you had a great Monday. Hope you enjoyed your time here on ACC Tailgate. I know I did. It was a great show. Um, and yeah, that. that it really turned out to be a great show. I appreciate you guys. In fact, let me give you a quick update because Carolina is playing UNLV right now in basketball, and they are up 37 to 30, which I expect them to completely obliterate UNLV by the time it's all said and done. But <clears throat> anyway, that's going to do it for us here on ACC Tailgate on a Monday. Appreciate all you guys that tuned in live. Appreciate all you that are watching on Twitch. Uh, after we posted it and it's recorded. And then obviously all our podcast listeners, as I will be posting that here in about five minutes. Uh, hope you all have a great rest of your week. We'll see you here Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I'm your host, Will Dalton, a.k.a. Wilburn Gold. You can get me on any social media. I'm Wilburn Gold. That's my hand. That's why I say that, by the way, if you're new. You know, Will Dalton, Wilburn Gold, that's my user. Uh, handle for all my social media except for facebook then it's just will dalton uh so you can catch me there uh follow interact uh i would love to get to even know you guys more so there than here on the show uh but until next time spartan barton you have a good week too 
more comments. Love it. Uh, you guys have a good rest of your week. 7 p.m. Eastern time Friday. We'll talk about the you know the next college football games on Saturday, all the college basketball. We're probably going to get more into basketball on Friday than we did today. Uh, but until the, until then, you guys have a great rest of your week. We'll see you next time. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.